get started. The title of my new series we're starting is Won't You Be My Neighbor? And uh, it kind of gets summed up in Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Um, Jesus is talking and he said, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Now, this is Jesus speaking. This is the second part of the Trinity. This is Jesus saying that the most important thing, the most important command is to love your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with everything that is within you. Love him. So it's not like, well, I'm just head over heels over my girlfriend or Oh, and and she takes she takes three quarter, quarters of my heart, and then and then you know I love to ride motorcycles, so this takes a part of my heart. And it, no, it says love your God with all of your heart, everything, not just a portion, not just I'm going to give you Sunday morning, Lord. I'm going to give you every awakened minute of my life. It belongs to you. I put you first in everything that I do, and and so. And so everything else has room in the heart, but God's first. He completely fills it. And when he fills our hearts, we have more room for everything else. And so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And then he goes to a second. And he says, this one's equally important. Love your neighbor as, say it with me, yourself. And then he gets pretty serious here. He says, the entire law and all of the demands of the prophets. Think about the weight of this. The entire law that God has given us and all the weight of the prophets, all the books that the prophets have written, everything that the prophets have said, all the weight, all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. These two commandments. Jesus is saying, above all, let, let, me, let me take everything here and, and rationalize it and bring it down into, into two things. Love God with all of your heart, then love your neighbor as yourself. Well, I don't know about you, but I love myself. I like to treat myself. Had some holes in my shoes. I got some new ones this week. I even got my Mr. Rogers socks on for y'all. How y'all like them apples? And, and so, so love your neighbor as yourself. That's pretty weighty. There's, if you comprehend that and you think about it, that's a lot. And so Jesus is saying, out of everything, this is the most important thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we're going to spend a few weeks on this. And um, I want to pray real quick. Bow your heads with me. Father, I just thank you that we can grasp the weight over the next three to four weeks, God, of how important our neighbors are to you and should be to us. Father, let us realize the weight, Father, of putting God first and our neighbors first. And Father, I just ask for a new grace to come out of us and come upon us, God. That when we see our neighbors, we'd reach out to them. 
and that we show them the undying love that you showed us in your only son. Amen. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here today. Guide me and help me through this. In your name we pray again. Amen. And so we read again in Galatians 5, 13 through 15, Paul's in Galatians, and he says the entire law, just like Jesus said, is summed up in the one command. He said, for you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. How many are glad we're called to live in freedom? The freedom of Christ. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's Paul again reiterating what Jesus had already said. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. I don't think there's a better scripture in the gospel today that relates to what our country is going through at this time in history. We are devouring ourselves. What happened to love one another as yourself? Think about it. If we, if we love God with all of our hearts and we truly loved our neighbor as ourselves, what would the world today look like? It would be totally different than what I'm seeing on CNN and ABC and NBC and MSNBC and all the other branches, NBC and we would look different if we'd get this one thing that Jesus said. And so, Paul is saying Jesus picked the one thing that could change the world to tell us about. Today, we're going to talk about our first part of, won't you be my neighbor? We're going to talk about racism. It's, it's a fun topic. It's a serious topic. It's not a fun topic. And so uh, I'm going to talk to you from the bottom of my heart today. And uh, I, I'm going to be real careful and choose my words wisely. Uh, because it's a, it's a tough situation. It's a tough subject. Because everyone in their lifetime will encounter racism, whether it's to you or someone else, in some way, fashion, or form. And I'm just going to tell you, from my, my perspective, it's very shallow when it comes to racism. I'm white. I'm a honker. That's me. And um, I, I don't, I'm, I wanted to laugh. I wanted to lighten it up a little bit there. But, but the truth is, I've never been pulled over because of the color of my skin. I, I don't know what that's like. I don't. I don't know what that's like. I've never encountered it. I've never been hired because I was white. I've never lost a job because I was white. I've never uh, been judged because I was white. Now, people invite me to dinner because they think I like to eat. But uh, as far as judging me for who I am, it, the color of my skin has never been an issue in my life. Because I, I, and, and so I'm going to speak from my shallow, shallow, shallow knowledge base of racism because I I've never personally experienced it. Uh, I know a guy who's a good friend of mine, and and um, he was at the tile store with me one time, and we were picking out some tile off the shelves uh, for one of our customers, and, and this guy didn't know how to do tile work at all. 
he was Hispanic, but he didn't know how to do tile work. And one of the la- a white lady in the store walked up to him and said, how much would you charge me to lay tile at my house? Because she automatically assumed, because he was Hispanic, that he was a tile layer. And, and I'm sorry, but we tend to ca- categorize people. And it, it's not fair to correct, categorize people. That's, that's not how we should act or, or what we should do. And so today we're going to dig a little bit deeper into what the Word of God says about loving our neighbor. And so today I want you to, I want you to open up with me to Luke 10, 25 through 37. I think we're going to have a good day. Now, there's this lawyer in this uh, chapter here. It says, one day an expert in religious law, not just law, but religious law. That probably makes him worse than the normal lawyer. And uh, so an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. You're going to test God. This is brilliant right off the bat. And so... He, he's going to test Jesus by asking him this question. And he says, teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And I love Jesus. In his brilliant way, he answers his question with another question. And um, don't you wish we could get by with that sometimes? And I have people come to my office all the time and say, Pastor, I need some money for this. I'm like, well, why don't you have money? I like asking questions with questions, you know. Well, I lost my job. Well, why'd you lose your job? Well, I quit. Well, why'd you quit? Oh, they made me mad. How'd they make you mad? And I just ask question after question because it's my job to listen. I want to get to the bottom of what's going on here so I can, I can truly help because throwing money at problems doesn't always help problems. And, and so I want to get to the bottom of everything. So Jesus is like, I'm going to get to the bottom of what this guy's asking here. I'm just going to ask him another question. And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? And how do you read it? And the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all of your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, right on. I can see Jesus saying that. Can't you see him saying that? Right on. Do this and you will live. But the man thought to himself, okay, now Jesus just told me that I'm right on. My answer is right. But I want to get more specific because I want to be justified. And I want to make sure that I'm doing this right. If there's so much weight on it, I want to make sure it's right. And so, and so he asked Jesus, he goes, who exactly, who exactly is my neighbor? See, because he wanted to know. He wanted to know what his neighbor looked like what his neighbor smelled like, because he wanted to know if he was going to be able to obey this commandment. He goes, well, who, who exactly is my neighbor? Well, what if my neighbor, you know, doesn't like my, my kind of music? Because, you know, my kind of music's right. My kind of music's right. What if my neighbor likes that rap music? What if my neighbor likes that country music? What if my neighbor don't like Sinatra? Well, if he didn't do it my way? <laughs> and, and so well, what what if what if my neighbor my neighbor doesn't think like I think what if my neighbor has piercings well my neighbor has a belly button ring or or nipple piercings did I go there in church I did we're going to get real today well what if my neighbor acts goofy what what if 
Jesus, what if my neighbor has a different color skin than I have? What if my neighbor has weird hair? What if my neighbor went to go see Charlotte and came back with this colored hair that's purple and green and red and orange and, and gray and all this? Is, is this my neighbor? Because this guy wanted to know exactly exactly who he could get by with neighboring and, and who he didn't have to neighbor. That's what it boiled down to. Jesus, tell me who I have to love. Because I don't want to love everybody. There's some people I just want to like. You know, like and love is two different things. I liked a lot of girls growing up, but I only loved Pastor Jennifer. And so like and love are two different things. And so he's saying, who is my neighbor? And Jesus, in all of his wisdom, gives them the parable of the Good Samaritan. And Jesus replies with this story. And... Um, you know, we tend not to think the Bible has racism in it, but it does. So Jesus starts out and he says, a Jewish man. Why does he say, he could have just said a man. But he needed this guy to know, he wanted this guy to see the big picture of what he was about to say. He said, a Jewish man. You know, one of who you consider the elite. Because they had, they, they categorized people in that day. I don't know if we do that today, do we? But, but back then in the Bible times, you know, the Bible doesn't correspond with today, does it? Yes, it's all the same. They, went, they fought the same battles we fight today. Had the same trials, had the same problems. Paul, Paul dealt with homosexuality. He dealt with all the issues that are on the board today. Paul dealt with them. Everybody in the Bible dealt with them. And it's a clear path of how we should deal with them. So, so he said, Jesus starts the story with a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. And they stripped him of his clothes. He was naked and afraid. Josh said it last week. Stripped him of all his clothes, and he was, he was beat up, and they left him half dead beside the road. Now, the Bible is true and accurate. He's half dead. He's got a 50-50 chance of making it. He's laying there half dead. He's dying, is what Jesus said. And Jesus says, there's two men that walked by him, and they were both Jewish. They were both just like him. They were Jewish. He was Jewish. They were a happy family yesterday. They're all one big happy family, and they're, 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 they're one of his own. One of his brothers on the south side of the street, half dead. And the first Jewish guy that walks by, by chance, a priest came along. A man of the cloth walks by him. and But when he saw the, the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road. The priest is walking, oh, dead man. Or half dead man. I'm going to go on. Well, you know, maybe, maybe it, was, it was a day where the priest had to go to the temple. Maybe, maybe if he would have touched him, he wouldn't have been holy. Because back in that day, if you touched an unclean thing and you weren't holy, and you went into the holy of holies, well, your day was not half dead. You were all the way dead. And so, so maybe, maybe he has an excuse there. I don't, I don't know. But I know that Jesus says he went the other way. And so there's some significance to it. And he passed him by. 
And then a temple assistant, a Levi, who's a Jew, walked over and looked at him lying there. But he didn't get close to him. He walked on and he stayed on the other side. Maybe he'll be okay. He's somebody else's friend. Maybe somebody else will take care of him. Maybe somebody else will care for him. You know, I saw the wreck, but somebody else will call 911. I, you know, I, I saw the accident. Maybe somebody else will help him. You know, there's people shooting right now. I, I'm not, I, that, that guy's shot. I'm not helping. Somebody shot him. I don't get shot too. Let's go. Somebody beat him up. And if I stop, they might beat me up too. I'm out of here. Those bandits might still be here. And they, they kept walking. One of their own. He's one of their tribe. They might even know, know him by name if they took enough time to go see who it was. But they just, it wasn't their problem. They kept walking by. And then we come to verse 33. And it says, then a despised Samaritan came to him. One version says, but a Samaritan. But a Samaritan. Now this was jaw-dropping in biblical times. <laughs> jaw-dropping. There has, at, at this point in time in the Bible, there had been a 700-year hate fest between the Jews and the Samaritans. They did not like each other. The deal is, when, when, the, when the Jewish people were isolated, uh, there were some, some Jewish people that were left behind. And these Jewish people that were left behind, while the other Jews were exiled, they were left behind. While they were left behind, while all the rest of the children of Israel were exiled, they, they bred with these other races, and they bred with these other cultures, and they worshipped their pagan gods, and and, and they were called Samaritans. And the Jewish people despised them because they had married interracially. They had married, they'd married outside of the Jewish, the Jewish realm. And, and they'd went other places and met other wives. And, and so there's this animosity that is just huge between them. And so they do not like these guys. They do not like them. They do not care for them. And because the Jewish people hated them, what happens when you hate someone? They tend to hate you back. And so there's this hate fest going on. They don't like each other at all. Jews, you don't like me. I don't like you. But that's not what Jesus says here. And he's telling this story for a reason. And he says, but a Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. He went over to him. The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Now, I don't know if he poured wine on the, on maybe to disinfect or maybe gave him a drink of wine for, you know, to help him out. But it says that he gave him wine and put olive oil on his wounds and he soothed them. He cared for him. He didn't just say, hey, man, are you okay? 
Is something going on? He actually went a step above. He said, I got some supplies. Hold on a second. Let me, let me get you to where you need to be. Let me treat you as if I was laying in this, this particular spot. If I was down and if I was out, let me, let me treat you as I would, I would want somebody to treat myself. Let me take care of your wounds. Let me, let me take care of your scars. Let me take care of the affliction that's happened to you. Let me give you some clothes because you're naked. And so he bandaged him up, and he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. He didn't take him and leave him outside in the heat with a couple Band-Aids on him. He took him into an inn, which would have been like a modern-day hospital. It's where they would take you if you were sick and stuff, and, and they'd have supplies on hand. So he takes him to the inn. He goes above and beyond. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper, it says, two silver coins telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. I'm here. In other words, not only am I going to bandage you, not only am I going to put you in a place to stay until you're whole, I'm going to pay your debt. I'm going to pay your bills. Anybody ever pay your hospital bills for? Huh? Anybody ever pay your hospital bill for you? Insurance. They ain't pay all of it. You still got that deductible. He took care of him. He paid the deductible, paid the bill. He said, you know what? If it takes more money than this, it's okay. Let me know. I'll take care of you the next time I'm in town. And Jesus says, after all of this, he said, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits in this story? And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. That's a tough pill to swallow. I'll admit, I'm not perfect. We all... We all have, have problems in our lives. Finances aren't always abundant for everybody. It's hard to give your own money to somebody else and, and to take care of somebody else. And Jesus didn't say if this guy had issues or if he had problems or if it was a drug deal on the side of the road went bad. He didn't say why he was in this predicament. He said bandits robbed him, took everything he had. We don't know if he knew the bandits from a previous a previous time or any of that. We don't know none of that. All we know is Jesus said to love your neighbor as yourself. Dr. Dr. Martin Luther King preached this message, and this is what he said. He said the first question the priest and the Levite asked was, if I stop to help this man, what will happen to me? But the good Samaritan reversed the question. He said, if I do not stop and help this man, what will happen to him? See, there's a difference between worried about me and worried about him. Jesus is saying it's time to not worry about yourself and worry about your neighbor. We get so caught up, well, I'm busy. I got this. Going. You know what I never saw in the whole Bible was Jesus being too busy to stop and pray for somebody. I never saw Jesus too busy in his schedule uh, that he couldn't rearrange it to heal somebody. 
to, to, to cast the devil out of somebody so that they could be free from what, what was happening in their life. And to see them to be set free and be able to walk whole and healthy again. I never saw Jesus too tired to do that. It never said when the little children were coming and the disciples said, well, wait a minute, Jesus is busy. Jesus said, bring them unto me. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus did. If we really want to make a difference, we say, well, you know, if this didn't happen or that didn't happen, we can make a difference in our country. We could do this. If so-and-so was president or so-and-so was vice president or so-and-so was in Congress or in control of the House, this could happen. No, let me tell you where it happens. It happens when we quit worrying about all the circumstances and we quit worrying about me and we say that person is more important than I am. That's when it happens. That is the heart of the gospel of loving your God and others. Even those that are different than yourself. Well, wait a minute. Especially those that are different than yourself. Dennis Leary said this, racism isn't born, folks. It's taught. He said, he said I have a two-year-old son. You know what he hates? He hates naps. I love him. <laughs> I'm old. There is no racist gene. Let me tell you what racism is learned. It's experienced. It's taught. You choose what to teach your kids about others. Your parents ta taught you something. If you have something in your life that's not right, it was somebody probably taught that to you down the road somewhere. It's ignorance, it's lack of exposure, it, it's, it's scared of something different than you, than you know of yourself, is what racism is. It's, it's experiencing, it's saying, well, th something's different about them than me. We're not of the same tribe. We don't run together. That's what racism is. Racism is not a skin issue. Racism is a sin issue. And that's bottom line. Bottom line is racism is not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. James 2.9. Actually, I want to read James 2.8 first. Because 2.9 is great. 2.9 says, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin and you're guilty of breaking the law. That's what verse 9 says. If you favor somebody that's different than you, if you, you, you favor some anybody favor some people over others you're committing a sin that's what the word of god says but but look at look at verse 8 yes indeed it is good when you obey the royal law as found in scripture love your neighbor as yourself it, it's coming up again it, there's a pattern in what we're seeing love your neighbor as yourself because if you favor some people over others you're committing a sin anybody you favor over somebody else is racist that's what, that's what it's saying. That's what the Word of God's saying. We have to recognize prejudices we might have, number one today. You, you've got to recognize any prejudices you might have. We have to be honest and sincere with ourselves. Let me tell you, we have to be honest and sincere. Every one of us in the back of our mind has something 
that, that is racially driven or, or we, we, we categorize people in certain categories. The word prejudice means prejudging, preconceived opinion that is not based on any reason or actual experience. That's what prejudice is. You're prejudiced if you have any preconceived ideas. And I guarantee you right now, I can take everybody in this room, we go to the airport, and we could all go get on a plane together. And if someone of Middle Eastern descent walked on board that, that plane with the full head wrap and a big old bag, you'd think something. You'd have a preconceived. Now, black guy walks on the plane, no problem. Hispanic guy walks on the plane, no problem. Uh, white guy walks on the plane, no problem. But if someone of Middle Eastern descent walks on that plane, you immediately have thoughts. Those are preconceived ideas. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter if you're black, white, green, orange, yellow, purple. If you have a preconceived idea about something, it is a prejudice. And it says if you treat, we'll go back to verse 9, if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. So we have to be honest with ourselves. Now, the, the, we, we tend to categorize, well, there's a level of racism, and I'm not at that level. I'm not at this level. You know, my, my good friend, he's black. And we, we make blanket statements like that. But, but I'm not a racist. Anytime you have to use the word but, there's, there's problems. There, there, there's issues. I'm not a racist because there's, don't justify it. Uh, the deal is there's no justification. Everywhere in some kind of thought in our head, we categorize someone or something. We drive down the street and we see an old man wearing a dress. Uh, we giggle or we laugh or we, we think something. But Jesus is saying, this is Jesus saying, don't favor others over yourself. Don't, don't. I mean, don't favor yourself over others. I can't talk today. First time back in a month. <laughs> but the whole deal is, if you favor certain groups over other groups, it's a sin. If you favor some people over another people, it's a sin. It's what the Word of God says. We can't get out of what James is saying. But if you favor some over others, we can't do that. We categorize people. We, say, we think that rich people are snobs. We think that a heavy person is lazy. We think that younger generation doesn't work. We think that big-time pastors are crooks. Why'd y'all laugh at that? You might be prejudiced against preachers. Is that why y'all don't like me? I'm joking. You might think white guys can't jump. I can promise you, when I was 16, 17 years old, I could dunk the basketball. Today, I can dunk a donut. But we think certain things about certain people. We have to look at our hearts and make sure they're right. Because if there's, there's something in our heart that's not right, God cannot reside in it. We have to ask Jesus with a humble heart, forgive us. 
forgive us for what we saw. Forgive us for what we've done. Number two, we have to seek to understand others. We, we tend, no matter what race we are, to have very limited perspective on what's going on. You've never stood in their shoes. You can't judge them. You can't. You can't judge it. I'm, f- I'm from the Louisiana area, so people ask me for gumbo recipes. How, how many Hispanic people here have been asked how to make tamales before, how to season Mexican food? Anybody here? It's because we get put into categories. Categories. It happens. It happens. We, we get categorized off of who we are. And we need to realize that our perspective about another race or another people is very limited. And we need to try to comprehend where others are coming from and what they have gone through and what they're going through. And we have to love people. Number three, you've got to love those that are different from you. That's what the Word says. In 1996, a group of uh, KKK members all came together, the Ku Klux Klan, and they were going to hold this huge rally in, in Michigan. And the police got wind of it, and they put up barricades, and there were protesters there, and there's the KKK there, and they're having this, this big rally. And I want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, I hate the KKK because uh, white people get stereotyped because of one little small group. Just like black people get categorized because of just a couple people. Hispanic people get categorized. We get thrown into categories because of hate. And so this group of KKK protesters is, is, is there, and they're having this rally right down downtown Michigan. And uh, there's a bunch of uh, white and black protesters protesting their movement. And the police have set up barriers, and it's a very hostile environment. And this one white supremacist runs through the barricade to the other side. And they yell, the other side, the protesters yell, kill the Nazi. And they jump on top of him and they start beating him within an inch of his life. And they're about to kill him. And this one young, precious, 18-year-old black girl jumps over the top of this man to protect him. Show the picture. This is 1996. And she, she throws her body on top of him to protect some man that probably wants to do her harm. But she decides that she's going to cross the street and make a difference. Her name's Keisha Thompson. But an 18-year-old girl, but an 18-year-old girl, just like but a Samaritan, she crossed the street and threw her body in harm's way to protect someone else. That is what Jesus is talking about. And love your neighbor as yourself. They asked her, they asked her, they said, you, you put your what, your, yourself in physical harm to protect a man that you didn't even know. Who does this? And later in the interview, she said that she was Catholic. And she said, I knew what it was like to be hurt. The many times that that had happened, I wish someone would have stood up for me. She had been abused. She had been mistreated. And she knew what it was like not to have anybody stand up for her. There's people in this world, they're just waiting for someone to stand up for them, to take care of them, to love them. And Jesus asked us the question, will it be my church? Will it be you? Will you love your neighbor as yourself? 
closing, Thomas says she tries to do something every day to break down racial stereotypes. No grand gestures. She thinks that just small, regular acts of kindness are enough. She said the biggest thing you can do is just be kind to another human being. It can come down to eye contact or a smile. It doesn't have to be a huge monumental act. Just something small. Are you breaking down walls in your life? Just little small gestures here and there. Loving people. Loving your neighbors yourself. Galatians 3.28 says there's no longer Jew or Gentile. Talking about, talking about race and categories here. There's neither no, no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. God loves everybody. Racism isn't just about the presence of hatred. It's about the absence of love that exists in our world. Will you be love? Will you be light? Will we be the church that Jesus saw and, and, and saw us conquering with love? That's how we conquer. You want to know how you break down racial walls in America? With love? Treating your neighbor as yourself? You want to know how we do it? With love. With love. With love. I'll say it over and over again. That's how it happens. Loving people more than yourself. That's how we do it. God loves everyone. He said there's no longer a category. There's no longer slave or free. There's no longer male or female. There is but one body of Christ is what he said. There's no Asian Americans. There's no African Americans. There's no Latin Americans. There's no Native Americans. There's no Cuban Americans. There's no Hondurans, Nigerians, Jamaicans. Hey, man, none of that. There's no Koreans, no Malaysians, no Canadians, no Pakistanians, no Iranians, no Croatians, no Russians. We are one race, the human race. And I'm telling you, heaven will be one amazing, wonderful, diverse place. In fact, Revelation 7, 9 through 10 says this about it. He said, after, I, after this, I saw a vast crowd too great to count. From every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing in front of the throne before the Lamb. And they were clothed in white robes, holding palm branches in their hands, and they were shouting with a great roar. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. With a roar, they're crying. It doesn't say salvation comes from my God. It says salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne. It's our God. It's not a white God, a black God, a green God. We're all created in his image. This is what heaven looks like. No issues. No issues. Everyone loved. We are all the children of God. Romans 10, 12, and 13. I want to read verse 13 first. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is my favorite scripture. And everyone who calls on his name will be saved. 
doesn't matter where you're from. doesn't matter what color you are. You know what's, what's great about where you're from and what color you are? You get to choose that. You get to choose that. God chose that for you. No matter why am I this or why am I that, God chose you. Stand up in who you are, believing what God has called you to do. There's things that certain people, certain races can say that I can't say. God's called me to say. He's called me to say what I can say and to do what I can do. And I'm going to do it. He chose me to be born in the Nederland area. He chose me to be a white man. There's nothing I can do about that. I can just love God with all my heart. And that's what I'm asking you to do. It doesn't matter what race you are. It says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then verse 12, let's read it right before. He said, because there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. You are blessed. You are highly favored. doesn't matter where you're from, where you were born, how you were born, who your parents were. If you didn't have parents, you are highly favored and blessed if you call on his name. All we have to do is call on his name. Once again, it's not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. It's not acceptable to God, and it shouldn't be acceptable to us. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. And once again, he said, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. That's what the Bible says. Plain and simple. There's no one greater race. There's no one greater anything. All we are is children of God. He's called us to be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Don't be a part of the problem. Be the solution. Love your neighbor as yourself. Dave is going to come up and play. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Dad, we're asking you today to heal our country. We're asking you to make it a better place. Father, let love reign. Let love abound within our streets. Protect everyone, Father. All races, all cultures, protect them all, Father. We humble ourselves today. And we ask for forgiveness for our country. We ask for forgiveness for ourselves, Father. Maybe we've had some preconceived notion or some preconceived idea about someone else. Let us not favor any particular group, Father, over another group because we don't want sin in our lives. Let us, let us be like the Samaritan who crossed the street, who paid the hospital bill, who took care of the man when nobody else would, when his own, his own people walked him by. Let us, let us see, see people walk by, Father. Let us, let, let us not be the one who walks by. Let us not be the one who thinks about ourself. But let us be the one that thinks about the person who's in need. Let us truly begin to love our neighbors as ourselves. Father, forgive us if we don't know who our neighbors are that, that live in the houses next to us. Forgive us if we don't have relationships with them. Let, them, let us share your light everywhere that we go. 
Let us be a blessing, Father, everywhere that we step, Father. Let us have favor in our life to open doors to have communication with others, Father, so that we can bless them and we can love them like you've called us to do. We thank you for all these things.